Thanks for checking out and tuning in to At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we really hope you enjoy today's show. So as you know, I like to collect sneakers. Uh, I'm a sneakerhead. I love all kinds of shoes. And um, one of the hardest pairs of shoes to get are a pair of, a, there's some Adidas line okay. that Kanye's involved with. They're the, the Yeezys. He, and, he was involved with. Um, well, I'm getting to that. Okay, I'm getting right. to that. Okay, hey, don't, don't, don't. I'm don't, sorry. Don't, don't I'm sorry, line. man. It's, the, it's the intro. What are I you didn't doing? Know what you were doing, man? What do you know? You okay. get around. All right. <laughs> and so it's hard to get these shoes because his shoes sell out all the time. Okay. Even though people talk about their they've been out there a long time, they sell all the time, and they look like the shoes. You know, the shoes that your son-in-law has, like yes. the, that that Adidas style. Yep. Those are those are the different versions that are not the Yeezys, mm-hmm. a little bit cheaper. But then they have some that are a little bit different. Um, have a little bit more design, have a little bit more uh, comfortable tech in it. And obviously, they're signing his name, different colorways, different r- weird designs. You know, he's avant-garde, stuff like that. Right. And so um, I follow a lot of guys on YouTube, um, just like you follow people for building and stuff like that. I follow a lot of sneaker guys to keep me informed. And they've been talking about Kanye for the last couple weeks because him and him and Adidas have been going back and forth on all kind of stuff. Okay. Um, just proprietary information because Adidas brought out a different shoe. looks like one of his. Hmm. Um, are they infringing on his design? All this kind of stuff's been back and forth. And you know, Kanye's just been Kanye for the last couple of years. Hasn't been in the right same of mind sometimes. You know, you know, mental issues. Is he on his meds? Is he not? Um, and so yesterday... My timeline was just blowing up with all this stuff because it was like, you know, Adidas drops Kanye. Yeah. And I was like, man, what that was crazy because they were talking about they were going to be suspending his contract. They were looking at that. But mm. I didn't really know why. Like, I didn't I didn't know what the point was. I was like, man, what happened? And so I started looking at it and they're like, yeah, we were not going to tolerate any type of speech or any type of thing about any type of people group. And I, I didn't even know what he had said. So I had to go back a few days. And I had to go look what, what happened. I think it happened like the beginning of this month, maybe a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. he was doing the interview and he, he, he dropped some comments or feelings about, about how he felt um, in the entertainment industry, in the music industry, which is true that there's, 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 there's a lot of Jewish representation. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had made some comments about how he felt like they disparaging to them as a whole people. And so now this is costing him, I think it's like $230 million that he said they're going to lose mm. um, because of this partnership for what they had what they had planned because they're stopping immediately. Like, right. it, whatever's out there is out there. And Kanye is going to lose a lot, obviously, from this relationship that he's had for over 10 years. And you and I were just kind of thinking about, just from this example, mm. right, um, why not just Kanye? But why do why would why would he number one? And then why do we sometimes, even if we've had dealings with people that represent different groups and ethnicities and tribes and religions, why do we then decide to label the whole of that people group or that whole of that entity based on the the based on the experience we have of the few? Why why do you think that is? Yeah, does it go back to differences that are cultural and we just don't understand, and so we have to <clears throat> we have to assume. Um, behaviors and ideologies and thought processes and ideals based on what we see on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so I've listened to uh, the Lex Freeman version of the interview with Kanye on that topic. And it was, it was fascinating to me. I haven't finished it, but I've listened to m- most of that, that portion of it. Um, and if you take the, those, some of the comments that he made that could be considered anti-Semitic, and you take it in the context of what he was trying to say, it, it's a little less abrasive. It's still abrasive. Um, his core thing is that he has a belief system that like, all people originated from 
from Africa and that we're all African, we're all Jew, we're all whatever. And so he, he was saying basically to Lex Friedman, he said, if, if, if the Jewish people would understand and see me as Jew, not as Jewish, but as Jew, like we're all Jew, then, then they wouldn't be offended at what I'm saying. Cause he's like, I'm talking about us. And so, but he's saying the fact is, and he, from his perspective, that the Jewish people in business that he's dealt with mm-hmm. have, he felt like, been oppressive and controlling, and yeah. African Americans have been the victims of right, that. Right. And so that's kind of his take yeah, on it. Yeah. And so from his life experience uh, as a human being trying to live his life, he has fought through what he thinks is a difficult path to get where he, where he is as one of the most successful business people in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I just thought it was interesting because Lex Friedman, the guy who's interviewing him, has, is Jewish. Right. Comes from a Jewish heritage, has relatives that were uh, killed in the Holocaust. Right. You know? And so it was a, it was a fascinating, it was not hostile at all. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was an interaction where, where Lex basically said something I thought was brilliant. He said, well, can't you understand, though? He said, because I'm a somebody, Lex is, that wants to bring more love into the world. And he said, if we're trying to bring more love, can't you understand that when you make those statements that the Jewish people did this, you're making a broad stroke, like we're talking about, Mm -hmm. he said, and that is offensive and it, it, it brings, it brings animosity as much as somebody using the N word. Mm -hmm. Like he said, it's, it's the similar, it pushes buttons, it it creates Mm -hmm. hostilities. Mm -hmm. And so using that, but, but Kanye is saying, well, yeah, but it's a fact. So I think that. You know, it's a, uh, it's, it, it, but what he's saying is not a fact. The, 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 the fact is that all Jewish people don't do what some Jewish people have done. Right. All white people don't do what some white people have yes. done. All black yes. people don't do what. Some, I mean, it's just like, I mean, come on, like you can't. I think that's that's the crux of what we're trying to say is why why do we do that? Why does why does his view of all Jewish people? Why does he allow it to be clouded by the few poor interactions he's had with a few Jewish people? And I think that's just the, to me, I don't care where that pops up yeah. in what part of our culture in who says it, where age, that is the crux of what has been so damning for all of us. Like that's what we fight, right? Is that these, these assumptions, these, mm. these, because, because I'm, in this camp or I'm identified with this, then I must identify with everything that's in that whole camp. Right. And I think that's what makes it so difficult for us to have conversations, right? This is why we want to have at the table because we want to show that we could have conversations that right. it, that is okay for, for two people from two different backgrounds, mm-hmm. two different age groups, groups to be able to talk about something and say, Hey, this is what I think about this. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Right. And then can we find common ground? And when you, and when you, when you already say, Hey, how can you say that because you've had an experience with a few people, don't you say it's offensive because you're putting everybody and you say, well, it's not because I'm just telling a fact that you're close, you're, you're close minded. Yeah. Like you're already closed out. You've already made a decision about a whole group of people. And that's the exact same thing that has been happening since the beginning of time. Like that's, yeah. that's how people can be enslaved. Like you, hmm. you were talking about that before when we were talking about this back um, in our office a few weeks ago about the mindset of how you can do that. Right. And you have to come to certain conclusions and assumptions to allow that to happen to somebody else. Yeah. And, and that's what we do all the time. When you, when you put them in that box and you want them to get out of there, then like, that's what it is. Like there was, there was a time in our world where a woman was only supposed to stay at home and have kids. Yes. That was the box she was put in. Yeah. 
you know, and it and it took a war for us to change. Like we have to realize, like it took a, like it took necessity, necessity to to, to open that right. door to right. say, okay, we just have to let our women work because all of our men are gone. Rosie the Riveter, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, but that was a held belief yeah. that then changed. Let's fast forward to the pandemic. It was a held belief that if you worked from home, you were less productive. Yeah, and, and that's why they wanted you in the office mm-hmm. forty hours, had to be there, couldn't take time off. No, we don't want to work from Stay home. Stay in your cubicle. Even, right, even, yeah. even when you were sick, don't work from home. You got to take a sick day. They that that was a hell belief from the beginning of time. Right. And then the pandemic showed what people have been saying a long time ago is that people actually do more work where they're more comfortable. Right. And so then now after they saw that we were shut down for a year and a half, almost two years, and the world went on, now these companies had to come to a new reality. Hmm. And I and I think that that's the that's always the biggest problem I've had is that when you're shown a new reality. And someone gives you a new thought and you say, I'm not going to do it. I have a hard time with that. And Kanye has been that type of person on or off medicine in his life. He has always been like, I seem like I'm unwilling to change what I'm doing. Like you are wrong for getting up and interrupting Taylor Swift because you thought Beyonce should have won that award. That is a wrong action. Mm -hmm. It does not matter if everyone believes that Beyonce was the better artist that year. Not enough believed that that had the b- voting power to give the award. Right. And so you can never ex- explain that because he, he's always like, well, I, I know I'm right. Everybody knows I'm right. Right. And I'm just saying you, you just can't live your life that way. But we look at Kanye, we look at others like him, and we think I wouldn't mm-hmm. do that. But you and I have the the valuable uh, ability to look inside and know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of yay in all of us. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, just the, just exa- self examination of what you're thinking about people as you see them on the street, right? You know, and and immediately the categories you begin to put people Amen. in just based on what they're wearing, what their their skin color is, what they're driving. You know, it's it's just Im- immediately you begin to make these assumptions about people, and you push them into categories that can either be positive or negative. One hundred percent. And so it's 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 the automatic that we have to fight against. It's that, that inclination yep. towards categorization that yep. is just unhealthy. Yes. And it's, 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 can I have a conversation with you? Can I hear your story? Can, can I see you as valuable? Can I see you as, as if you're as valuable as I am and I care as much about you as I do me. I mean, it goes back to the, the basis of what Jesus said, the greatest commandments are right. Love the Lord, your God with all your soul, my strength, and then love others as you love yourself. Hmm. And every single time in history where there's been oppression or there's been division, it's because I see a people group as less than me. Yes. You know, I mean, we see that in scripture. The Jews and Samaritans had this battle between them. You know, the Jews thought the Samaritans were, were a less than race. They thought that because they had been deluded or whatever, that they were, they were not equal in the sight of God, and they were less than people. And so for one people group to oppress another people group, they have to define them as less than. Mm-hmm. And if you take away that whole mentality, the, the core of that is if I see you as my equal— then I have to treat you as my equal. Mm-hmm. And that means your story is just as important as, as I am. And that means that, that the individual things that you've been through matter. What has shaped you to this point, your experiences, your education, your background, your parents, everything, like all that stuff matters. And it, that's where the grace comes in right. for us to be able to, to understand that right. and, to, and, to, and to give people the grace to live from their experiences and then we all try to get better together. Because the fact of the matter is, is that 
I can give you a couple of examples of how mm-hmm. this happens, how this works out. And, and I love what you said about giving grace and not sending grace because that's what it really is. Right. Even in Kanye's situation, he's not willing to give grace to that whole people group based on the bad... Because we're not saying you didn't have bad inter- interactions. Of course. We're, 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 we're believing you. We're hearing your story and your story matters and you're probably not making this up. Like, you're probably giving details about how you feel and can make point out to some of these people who are in this place that really probably screwed you over or bad. Right. But, like, you, there's no grace, though, also, what you're saying. No. And you've, you've been checked off to say, I'm not dealing with you as the whole mm. entity. We see this in the fostering system, right? Mm. Um, we see this all... Because... In the fostering system, when you get these kids, right, we know from the point that they're there, something has broken down in that relationship. Okay. Because they're there, right? Mm-hmm. They're not with any other family member, and now they're being they're in another person's home. Right. No matter what that was, you don't have to know what it is. You know it came from brokenness, or they wouldn't be there. Right. And it's generally generational brokenness, because like I said, a grandma, aunt, uncle, on both sides of the family... No one can be there for this child for a stranger. Right. So And so then, in our mind, we start thinking, well, it's not my responsibility. I don't have to do anything for that child because that parent or that parent's parent made decisions and you reap what you sow. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a very, right. that's a very black and white, non-grace-filled way right. that I can lay my head down at night and not give one penny or one thought to the kid in foster care yeah. because I can write that whole thing off and I can be, I can be like, that's not my deal because I can look at that and I can compartmentalize that without grace. Every day we're here in a church, you go to church and you see people walk up and you and I know, we know the needy person. Like we know yeah. that person is going to mm-hmm. be there. That's going to have a, a broken marriage. Their, their, their spouse is leaving them. Their spouse is cheating on them. Their, their husband is abusive. Their, their, their kids are bad. They're struggling with drug addiction. They're, 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 they're on their third marriage. They have mm-hmm. alcohol. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And when, as soon as you start talking, you and I've been around, we, we know what this is going to be. Yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a lot of drama. It's going to be a lot of messy. stuff. And, yeah. and people are going to go into connect groups. They're going to, they're going to have, they're going to be ones that are going to overshare. Right. And then people are going to be <laughs> I feeling awkward. And she start trying to negotiate and we know in our minds we're open to everybody right but are we really yeah you know what i'm saying do we really have the grace for that and we want to put them in those boxes mm. some of those people who we might want to shun away or some of those people who i know were like man i couldn't really fit in this church or i felt awkward because i had these tattoos i had these piercings or because i was divorced and i got to know them they became some of my best friends yep. they became some of the greatest connect mm. leaders. they became some of the greatest servers they yeah. became some of the greatest inviters of people to hear about Jesus, mm-hmm. but they had been shunned other places. Yep. And I'm just saying we have a little more yay in us than we think we do. And we need to understand when that comes up, we gotta we gotta nip that down because that's I think that's 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 of the devil. Like that that mindset to say that I'm gonna look at you and either because of what I perceive your value to be or what I perceive your tribe you belong to is about, I'm gonna get rid of you. That's what makes our world so mm. bad today. Yeah. I mean I think there's there's some clear battle lines that we've drawn and we're we've I don't want to say this term. We built walls, but it that's not a political term. It's just a, no, right, it's no, a yes, metaphorical yes, yes, term. Yes. The idea that we've we've built walls hmm. um and we protect those walls. We'll if somebody starts trying to tear down the walls that divide us, there there will be those who come on both sides. And work feverishly to rebuild that wall. But why do you think we want the division? Like that's I think I love what you said, but why yeah. do you think we why do we think we fight so hard to keep the wall up to divide? I just think in some terms we we believe so fervently in the cultural ideologies that have surrounded us Correct. and what we've been brought up in. Yeah. 
that we want to fight to protect those. And so I can't hear yours because I automatically know yours is wrong. Yes, right. Because it's not it's what I was taught. Exactly. It's not what I was. It's not. Yep. It's not what serves me. Yep. It's not what serves my people group. It's not what has won for me. Hmm. And so I've been taught, and it's been ingrained all my life. And so a lot of times those those belief systems are based on culture and race. And so for us, it's like it's it perpetuates the issue because we can't have these conversations. And if anybody across the aisle starts to have conversations and say, well, no, well, let's actually look at that. Let's actually look at it. Then they're attacked from even within their own people group, you know, whether it's African-American, whether it's white, whether it's Hispanic, where, whatever it is, if, if they start to speak out to want to actually voice some of the ideas from somebody else or actually enter into a conversation, then they start to get attacked. And so it's almost a drawing down, a pulling down Like we keep each other in our places because there's power there, you know? And if I want to protect my power, Whatever that is, if I want to protect my my belief system, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do so by villainizing your belief system mm-hmm. and villainizing your people group mm-hmm. and villainizing what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And so if I make you the villain, then I can protect my power and my influence. What I love about what you just said, and I, I I love this this topic that we're talking about today. It goes into a lot of the nuances of how we try to operate here at Quest yeah. as a church because we know number one that we want, we're trying to be a church in motion. We're trying to be a church that is um, alive and well. Mm-hmm. And we know that that means that there's going, if it's truly alive and well, there's going to be a lot of different people here. Yes. So we try to remove all barriers. There's a lot of times for people, anyone to come. Right. So the more different your church is to me, the more healthy it is because mm-hmm. you're really reaching out and mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus drew people to him. Yeah. Because we know that then you and I are very sensitive to how we address and talk about, Almost everything, right. because everything has a little bit of baggage for somebody else. Right. And so you weren't here this Sunday, but somebody who's been coming here a couple of weeks came up to me, and they were just like, "Hey, I want to ask you a few questions about Quest, mm. and just you know, I, I saw that you weren't that you were non-domination. Why is that?" Mm. And so no, normally, I know when someone's asking that question, there is some deep things they're thinking about because that's just not a normal question you just ask right off the bat. Mm. And I was like, "Well, you know, we want to be non-denominational because we, we we're open to." most people like mm-hmm. we're open to all people we know that we know that the faith sandbox can be big you know we we have the tenets of our faith that guides us but we know that people might be baptist might be anglican might be whatever we can all come together yeah and we didn't we don't want denominational things to be a barrier right and so he was like oh i love that i was raised catholic blah 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 blah. so mm-hmm. then now i already know where that's coming from mm-hmm. and i when i grew up when i first cut my teeth as a christian i had some people in the faith who were very hard against catholics Oh yeah, you know because because yeah. I, I went to Arizona mm-hmm. and Catholicism was not big in Arizona. Okay. Mormonism is mm-hmm. very big mm-hmm. in Arizona, but in Illinois, Catholicism is is king. Like it's all Saint Marys and Saint Magdalene and Saint Somebodies, and like that's that's really big. So I grew up right hand in hand with with Catholic right. people, and so I just had a better understanding of that. And so I just remember them being like very hard against Catholicism, very hard against Catholic. Like just like like you said, putting in in the camps and saying a lot of. It can't be. They all. This is wrong. And yeah. I and I just. To me, I never. That never felt right. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, How, that's not good. Like, just tearing down what these people do. And so this guy is talking to me. You know, fast forward just about twenty three years. Fast forward, this guy's talking to me. He's like, yeah, you know, how do you guys do baptism? Like, is that just? Is that just? How is that process? And I said, well, mm-hmm. baptism is open for all who believe. We we do it. We do it from time to time, and we, uh, you know, we. 
we do that when, when, when we have someone who wants to or in the sacraments, we try to take them once a month. We try to do as much whenever we feel it, it can be appropriate within the sermon. And right. I said, sometimes people do it once a week. Sometimes people do a quarter. Week. So we just try to do as much as we can. Right. And he was like, oh, that's really great because, you know, I was I was baptized as a child mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I don't want that for my child because I didn't. I feel like it should be hmm. something you believe. Right. And so then, you know, me, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we, we actually believe opposite. But see, see how that conversation went? Like, I'm letting him talk, and then I'm just giving the basic answers of affirming what he's saying. Right. Like, I'm not tearing anything down. I'm not yeah. I'm not going against what they what they do because I believe there's value and there's things of what they do. Mm. And we just do them a little bit differently. Right. And we just express them differently. Mm. And I just feel like if we have that type of mindset then that's how you win the goal because you and I can't build a, a multicultural church if we're going to be dogmatic on things and we can't, <laughs> and, and, and we, we can't, we can't be Jesus in our society. If we're always going to be like, because I saw where you came from. I mean, think about it. The woman at the well never would have had that conversation. If that's how Jesus acted. Right. Right. He never would have used the, the, the good Samaritan story. If that's how Jesus acted, mm. he, he, he never he never would have done a lot of things he did um, when he when he went there and the, and the woman anointed his his feet with the oil. One of the beautiful things never would have happened. Mm. Right. When the when the prostitute was brought, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, she'd have been dead. Right. I'm just saying. So like we, when we see this as Christians, we see this all the time. And we see these people who come from these camps who our our representation of these camps, what did Jesus do? He gave them love and he gave them grace. And so why then would we do the opposite when we see one or two, we damn the whole thing? Our our core passion is to get people to understand that the gospel tears down barriers. 100%. It's wide. (laughs) It's wide. And so we we talk in terms like if if we're doing the gospel right, if Mm -hmm. we're being the church like the church should be, there will be people sitting on Sunday morning side by side, and one may vote Democrat, one may vote Republican. 100%. If we're doing it right. That's right. And so people hear that, and they automatically (laughs) want to label us as a liberal church. Right. Or or they'll they'll immediately start putting us in a box. Oh, you're one of those churches. 100%. but I think the reality of what you just articulated was the the basically the the path of Jesus, the conversations he was willing to have across those barriers that existed. And he's the king of the Jews. And he's out here talking to the Samaritan woman right. as well. That's what I'm saying. And, and what is he doing? He's hearing her story. He's talking to her about her story and who she and it's just it's beautiful to see that. And you're like, well, okay, well then. Why should I not be able to have that same kind of passion and love for people who are different than me? And shouldn't the gospel be the thing that pulls me to mm-hmm, those people? Mm-hmm. Because the gospel has created reconciliation between me and God. Why can't it create reconciliation between me and people who are different than me? Right. And I should be somebody who is passionate about that reconciliation to the point where I'll be intentional about conversation with people who are different than me. And being willing to maybe grow and learn and listen. And maybe some of the things we believe so staunchly, we shouldn't believe so staunchly. Um, We're very passionate about the orthodoxy of the Protestant faith and what we believe about who Jesus is. And so we are a a biblically conservative church. Yes. Um, But we believe, really, if you're going to be a biblically conservative church, that must mean you are a racial reconciliation church. That's also true. Right. (laughs) <laughs> right. And so you, yes. in our idea, you can't have one without you the cannot. other. You cannot, exactly. And so if you read the book of Ephesians, if that's the only book you read, brother, you better be out there building a multicultural church. I bet it better be. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, I, I just can't see how you would see it any other way. Correct. And so 
<laughs> I guess the thing to me that's so broken in our culture is is also broken in the church at large. Yes. And so that's really our heartbeat is mm-hmm. that why can't the church lead in tearing down those walls and tearing down those barriers instead of perpetuating what our culture is so hurt and broken about. Thanks again for checking out this week's episode of At the Table with Paul and Brandon. Be sure that you like and subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. We'll see you then.